0: Stat Media Group, delivering logistics news since 1986. This is Cargo Masterminds from Stat Media Group. It's Monday and it's time to catch up with our new Cargo Mastermind. Hello and welcome to Cargo Masterminds. My name is Reggie John. Indigo is India's largest passenger airline operated by Interglobe Aviation Limited. Started in August 2006, Indigo has grown from a carrier with one plane to a fleet of 274 aircraft today and claims a market share of 57% of India's passenger traffic. Over the last few years, Indigo has also been slowly and steadily building its cargo business and growing its cargo volume carried in the bellies of its passenger aircraft. As per the IATA's World Air Transport Statistics for 2020, Indigo is among the top 25 carriers in the world in scheduled freight tons carried and scheduled cargo tons kilometers for domestic freight. Earlier this year, Indigo decided to add freighters into its fleet and we could see Indigo operating narrow-body Airbus A321 passenger-to-freighter-converted aircraft in the Indian domestic and subcontinent markets as early as the second half of 2022. To discuss the cargo roadmap and how Indigo wants to maintain its leadership position in the Indian air cargo market and facilitate easy access to new markets for Indian exporters through air corridors, I am joined by Willi Balter, Chief Commercial Officer at Indigo. Willy has been in the airline business for over 35 years. He has worked with Cathay Pacific for 20 years and then with Virgin Atlantic Airways, South African and Ethiopia. From what I know of Willie, I know that he is passionate about the cargo business. Willie, welcome to Cargo Masterminds. Thanks for making time for us. It's uh,
1: great to be here and uh, you know I've been looking forward to this interview having known some of your other uh, uh, victims in the past and uh, you know really happy to happy to participate.
0: Thanks, Willie. Uh, Willie, a lot has changed since my last interview. I want to take you back to March 2019 um, in Singapore during IATA WCS uh, conference. Um, cargo was a significant. You had 80 to 20 ratio of domestic versus international freight back then. Indigo had absolutely no interest in operating freighters. Two years and eight months later, the world is all lot different. Uh, aviation gun has and going through and continue to go through one of the worst challenges in its history. Soon, perhaps as early as the second half of 2022, you will operate uh, freighters, uh, at least two converted A321 P2Fs. Could you recall a few of the biggest highlights of the last 21 months? Well,
1: it has, as you mentioned, it's been a very challenging and a very Difficult period for all of us, I think, in the aviation industry, and especially the airlines. Um, And really, you know, cargo has been a a brighter spot. Um, I suppose that uh, in terms of accomplishments, uh, for us, one of the major efforts was using our fleet um, to carry just cargo. Uh, And we started off um, in May, May, June of, of 2020. Um, once once we were allowed to uh, operate again. Because remember, India was completely shut down in terms of uh, aviation for about two months. Um, but in that period, we started uh, to get the approvals and uh, to gear ourselves up to operate uh, so-called cargo in cabin charters where we took our passenger fleet around 10 aircraft at times. I think the, the maximum was 12, which we had converted uh, in, in a minor way um, to cover uh, the cargo, to be able to carry cargo in seats. And that, uh, that business sort of grew uh, probably faster than we all thought. Of course, with the lack of wide-bodied international capacity coming into and out of India, uh, there was quite a lot of international um, opportunities to deploy this capacity. But also domestically, uh, again, we found that there was demand. So totally, we now have operated over 7,800 of these uh, cargo in-cabin charters. And it's it was a very significant you know, part of our, our strategy uh, to cope with the pandemic. Uh, Indigo was fortunate. We had a, a pretty healthy cash balance going into the pandemic. Um, obviously, that's been decremented to an extent, but um we're still, as I think anyone who saw our latest financial results will see, we we still uh, have a very strong balance sheet, and uh, we believe that you know cargo can become an increasingly important part of the airline uh, as as we go forward.
0: So Willie, do you still operate uh, cargo only passenger flights? Do you still carry freight uh, on the seats?
1: Well, what has naturally happened, and as uh, really we predicted, was that as the uh, passenger market came back, you know, the, the demand to use the aircraft in uh, the passenger, you know, the, the normal passenger configuration, um, this obviously increased. And in fact, uh, during the daytime, our whole fleet now is uh, pretty uh, committed to flying uh, passenger, uh, you know. Flying the missions for which the aircraft was designed, the cargo in cabin was really just a, a way of, of helping uh, cash flow and so on at, at that time. And given that there was a lot of demand, but quite naturally, you know, these aircraft are designed to fly passengers, and that's what they should be doing. So gradually, that that fleet, as it were, of, of ten aircraft that we had at one stage, um, has gradually come down, and uh, now it's it's uh, you know one or two aircraft uh, operating on on uh, cargo in cabin charters, and indeed uh, we anticipate that that will that will fall uh, to zero in due course. But as you mentioned, we uh, have taken the opportunity to um, convert uh, or to acquire some A321CEO aircraft to convert into full freighter uh, configuration, and the first one has just gone into. Singapore Technologies ST to uh, get that uh, conversion accomplished, um, which will take uh, several months. Um, but we look forward to that aircraft joining our fleet uh, sometime uh, in the first half actually of twenty two. Um, and then a second one uh, shortly afterwards.
0: Okay, I'll come back to your freighter fleet uh, later in the in the discussion, but before that, uh did you have any of your aircraft stripped off at the seats uh, to accommodate more cargo in the in the last 20 months
1: well historically we, we kept the seats in um, but we are actually as we speak we are converting uh, one aircraft uh, as uh, something of an experiment you know in taking the seats out uh, because we have specific uh, charter business which we um, think uh, will will take up the time on that aircraft
0: will really on back to the on uh, uh, the question of air freight capacity which has been under severe stress for the last 21 months and it is likely to stay that way for some more time um, as a result uh, freight rates have been very volatile and they continue to remain elevated uh, what is your mid to long term outlook for indigo's uh, cargo business
1: historically the, the air cargo market in india has grown um, not at a at a big case by any means. I mean, it's the growth, uh, both import and export, has been you know much slower than uh, the passenger growth. So everyone's talking, you know, single-digit numbers in terms of percentage growth in the market. As Indigo, we, uh, you know, we Appreciate that. Um, but a lot of our efforts over the last uh, two, three years have been directed at getting a higher share of that market and uh, b- domestically as well. I mean, not just talking internationally. And, and we've been uh, pretty successful in doing that. I mean, our original share um, when I arrived was in, in the sort of mid 20s in terms of percentage. Uh, but it's now closer, you know, it's, it's regularly in the mid 40s um so we're we're pretty happy with that, and we think that you know we have some uh natural advantages, if you like, with the amount of connectivity uh that we can give, albeit uh narrow bodied um but we think that uh, you know we're we're a good partner for people bringing goods into India and similarly exporting goods. We've got a lot of uh, demand from uh, other airlines. Uh, we're carrying a lot of bonded cargo. And with the freighters and with the ULD capability, uh, we think that that business will continue to grow so that, you know, for instance, you can connect uh, containers and pallets from uh, points in, in the south or, or smaller points, uh, manufacturing points, know, through Delhi or through Bangalore or through Kolkata, wherever it is, um, to, to export and obviously the reverse as well. So, you know, we have concentrated on cargo and uh, under Vipin Mola, who's our vice president of cargo, you know, we've had a lot of success and, and the growth uh, is there for everyone to see. So we understand that it's always competition and so on, but, uh, you know, we're, we're steadily and slowly, you know, growing our market share and becoming the the sort of major cargo player that we should be.
0: William has the ratio of 80-20 in favor of uh, domestic versus international, has that changed right now? Uh,
1: I'm hopeful that it will change. I'm hopeful that um, the uh, export-led economy um, will, you know, will become a reality. In India, because I think uh, there's certainly opportunities. If you look economically, obviously China you know, has has its own issues, uh, and a number of uh, manufacturers I think moved operations from China um, into places like Vietnam, uh, obviously Bangladesh, uh, India to an extent, and you know I'm hopeful that that, that will benefit uh, the Indian economy in in, in the longer run, um, and. You know, we, we think there is an opportunity uh, because historically, you know, 90 odd percent of the freight into and out of India has been taken by foreign carriers. Uh, but we believe that, you know, it's time that the domestic carriers uh, took a higher share of that. And, uh, you know, we, we look forward to participating in that in that growing market, whether it will grow faster than than, you know, Single-digit percentages um, is hard to say, and it's always hard to predict how these markets move. But as I say, we, we are focused on getting a good share of that market, and uh, you know, following the growth upwards as it as it will will go in that direction without a doubt.
0: Okay, on back to uh, the freighters. Uh, when do you expect to have the rollout of your freighter? You said uh, you would expect to get it in the first half of 2022? And do you expect to begin commercial operations uh, in the first half or on the second half?
1: These programs are always a little bit unpredictable in terms of the, you know, the precise dates. Um, You know, it's quite a major job to convert that A321. And it's the first one. So, you know, I'm always very realistic. I'm always, uh, you know, I'm unwilling to sort of make uh, bold statements in saying, it's gonna definitely arrive on such and such a date. Uh, there's an amount of uh, process that we've got to go through obviously in terms of uh, getting it certified uh, for operations in, within India. And uh, you know, I've said uh, you know, consistently that it will be the first half of, of 22, but as I say, it's just gone in for conversion and that will be several months. So it will be t- towards the end of the first half probably
0: and as of now you have four uh, a321 uh, ceo uh, the current current engine options uh, so have you sourced all of the four aircraft and uh, have you sourced it from your own fleet
1: yes we have sourced the aircraft and um, just to be clear i mean these are aircraft that were operating for other carriers the a321 uh, passenger to freighter conversion is only available on ceo aircraft not on the neo versions as yet um, you know, we're hopeful that Airbus will come up with a, a, a design for uh, a neo-conversion, but I think that's still some way uh, in the future. So we have sourced, uh, together with a couple of lessors, um, we have sourced four aircraft, uh, we have the slots for conversion, and the program, as I mentioned, is underway.
0: And do you have the slots for all the four booked? Yes, we do. Willie, you do you intend to add more, uh, more uh, aircraft for conversion?
1: Well, we we are um, we're not you know writing that off. I mean, we uh, have decided you know so far to go with with four. I think it's important to see you know post pandemic uh, what which way the market is going, whether it's going to uh, continue very fast growth, um, which we've seen with the e-commerce and so on recently, um, or whether it, the growth will be moderated. Uh, we also need to uh, test ourselves in terms of what. Um, you know, contracts and uh, what customers um, we can uh, get and you know the response so far in the market's been very encouraging uh, mm-hmm. and I think uh, people have uh, you know liked what we've done on cargo and cabin it's opened up a number of new customers uh, to us and I think they're looking forward to us getting full freighter capability with uh, containers and, so- and pallets and being able to service some of these very large uh, Forwarders and shippers, both internationally and uh, domestically.
0: Are you are you evaluating any other P2F conversion programs? Uh, there are quite a few launched in the last uh, last two years. Everyone wants a freighter.
1: Yes. No. I I think we're we're focused on the 321, and the reason for that is that our uh, body of pilots um, can obviously fly uh, the 321 very easily. Um, you know, the, there's no need for conversion course or if there is it's it's uh you know it's very short um you know they just have to be familiar with the the freighter aspects of the airplane um and so that you know we have this vast pool of of uh pilots and the 321 in addition is a very uh capable uh narrow body freighter in that it provides um 24 container positions which is uh you know 10 way more than uh you can get on a 737 because you can also uh, containerize the lower deck, so I think it's a you know it's an aircraft which which fits our strategy, and indeed that's really the principal reason uh, we went with the three twenty one uh, B two F because it is uh, consistent with the rest of our fleet, um, and uh, it's it's no it should be no surprise to us in terms of operating. And you know we think it's a very capable aeroplane. And as uh, you know, freighters, narrow-body freighters, particularly 757s and so on, um, come into sort of age-related issues. Uh, the 321 conversions will actually be uh, very uh, sought after, uh, and that's why we're delighted, uh, you know, to have these four slots and to be able to convert the four aeroplanes. Whether we go beyond that, um, I can't say uh, at the moment. Uh, but obviously, it's it's a good start.
0: Since we are actually talking about freighters, I like to get you to talk about a general observation about uh, the new models of freighters coming out of A three hundred and fifty freighter version, and then triple seven x freighter version, likely. How how do you look at some of these developments? Because there is a kind of surge in terms of uh, new programs on the conversion side of wide body aircraft into into freighters, and then there are new. New production freighter programs. Uh, how do you look at those uh, those developments in the in the aviation industry?
1: Well, taking off my sort of indigo hat and just sort of talking about uh, you know long term developments in the industry. Uh, you know, and I've been involved with freighters since uh, 1981. I remember the first thing I did in the freighter market was actually sign a charter for 100 tons of mangoes to go from Manila to Hong Kong, on 747-200 uh, freighter that Cathay had a at the time. And what what you see, uh, and it's the same with the passenger side too, to an extent, is that you you have this rush of sort of enthusiasm, uh, a rush of uh, programs and orders and so on uh, in the airline business. And usually those orders then arrive, you know, three, four years later, whatever, just in time for the next recession or the next downturn or the next sort of pandemic or whatever it might be. Um, So, I think, you know, there's no doubt that uh, with the rise of e-commerce and so on, um, probably air cargo uh, is, uh, you know, in a a good place. But one has to, I think, look back with a a sort of 30-year lens and and say, well, yes, air cargo has grown um, and it has, you know, gone through spurts of growth, um, you know, particularly around China when, uh, you know, the Chinese economy became extremely export led in the, in the 90s. And then in that sort of 2000, uh, well, two th- certainly until 2007, and seven eight, you know, China was, was absolutely booming and people were putting capacity in where they could find it. And so there have been, you know, good spurts of growth. But, you know, when you're investing in aircraft, you have to take a pretty long view in my mind. And we'll see what, you uh, what transpires, but you know, I'm always in favour of sort of steady acquisition and and not you know sort of rushing into things because you know consistency is what wins in the airline business and uh, you know you can't necessarily sort of make uh, um, quick money by by getting your timing right. That that you, you you know you should always assume the timing's wrong <laughs> because history shows that. You know those markets go through the ebb and the flow, and uh, you know it's quite hard to predict exactly where you're going to be. Having said all that, yes, of course it's exciting. The triple seven three hundred ER conversions will be interesting to to watch, and indeed the the three fifty freighter. You know, of course it's a it's a, it, on paper it will be a wonderful uh, airplane. So um, I think yeah we we obviously uh, keep a weather eye on that, but. As I say at the moment, our focus is very much on uh, the four uh, 321 uh, P2Fs that are coming in in 22, 23.
0: None of us should be surprised maybe 10 years from now you actually Indigo adds a 350 freighter into its fleet. Uh, so we're looking forward to that.
1: Yes. Well, you know, never say never.
0: Billy, <laughs> really, uh, where do you intend to deploy the, the freighters that are coming in by next year? Is that only in the, in the Indian domestic market or do you also intend to deploy them into the Indian subcontinent market?
1: Yeah, I mean, our plan um, has, uh, you know, very much uh, international as well as as part of it to the regional um, destinations that we've seen with the cargo in cabin uh, charters, which we've been doing, you know, we've been operating extensively uh, to places like Singapore, uh, Bangkok, uh, Yangon, uh, Hong Kong. Um, and then in the Gulf side into uh, Dubai, Sharjah, Muscat, occasionally. You know, so there's definitely um, demand. We think for freighters, um, and you know, we'll see how the market uh, develops. One thing I think to note though is that the cargo market uh, and the the lanes uh, kind of change over time quite quickly. It's not qu- it's not the same as the passenger market where you know, traditionally, one could go into, say, an origin destination, which is very strong, um, and, and then you'll, you know, you'll be there forever. You can go into some cargo markets, uh, and it, you know, there will be demand for a, a year or two, uh, but then there'll be some other uh, solution to those, particular logistics, and uh, you'll find the market will, will shift. So I think we're very conscious of that. And so, we, yes, of course, we've done a, a plan uh, for these aeroplanes. And uh, that involves a mix of, of domestic flying and uh, international flying around the region. But, you know, it, it, that plan um, you know, will inevitably change as we get closer to, uh, to the arrival of the aeroplanes.
0: You know, when... Uh... Your freighter program was launched and the announcement was made by the Indigo CEO uh, early this year. And he said uh, cargo business goes beyond uh, the special circumstances. Uh, He was referring to the special circumstances, the pandemic. Uh, It was not because of just because of the pandemic that you intend or you decided to launch uh, the freighter fleet. Uh, So is it fair to conclude that uh, cargo will be very, very critical to the overall business of Indigo?
1: Yeah, I, I think that, uh, you know, there's been a realisation that, you know, which, of course, I realised 30 years ago, I guess. But, you know, cargo um, is often a stepchild of, of airlines and uh, you know people don't really focus on it much. But you have this capacity, you know, you have this um, space, which is, is almost free flying around uh, if you're a passenger airline. And so you, you must make the most use of it. And one uh, theme on on that line is that, you know, I believe that airlines should very much keep the cargo element in-house and should manage it themselves. And I'm certainly, uh, as a few people in the industry know, you know, I'm certainly not one for for outsourcing uh, the cargo sales, because I think then you're giving the opportunity Uh, to extract uh, value, you're giving that opportunity to someone else, you're, you you know, you may be getting a a constant stream of income, whatever. But, you know, I think that's, uh, that's almost lazy. I think you, I think you have to manage uh, the space that, you know, you're flying around in the passenger airplanes. Um, you've got to manage that space yourself and extract value from it and you know i'm delighted to say that bipin and his team you know we've seen great results um especially over the last uh, three four five months um as the passenger uh, aircraft has come back and you mentioned uh you know the rates earlier rates generally have been uh, reasonably firm and i think as i say we're in a good we're in good place with cargo and and you know we're very Excited to have these freighters arriving.
0: You know, according to IATA's World Air Transport Statistics for twenty twenty, Indigo is actually on uh, among the top twenty five carriers domestic, uh, both in terms of uh, scheduled freight tons carried and scheduled cargo ton kilometers. Uh, of course, I, I I don't think the numbers that IATA quoted is the is the fair number because I I remember in twenty nineteen you said annually you carry something around uh, quarter of a million uh, tons. Uh, uh, what are the numbers looking like in 2021? Of course, 2020 was a, a completely a different uh, different story. Yeah, I mean, I can't
1: comment uh, on the IATA numbers. I, I don't know um, exactly where we're, we're based on those. I haven't seen the table, but I think, uh, you know, certainly we continue to grow uh, the tonnage uh, recently. And, uh, you know, I mentioned that figure of, of uh, 250,000, i think we'll be you know we will will we'll beat that for sure um, over the next uh, year and we have beaten it over the over the past uh, 12 months so you know generally the cargo is is, uh, is is doing well but for me you know tonnage is one thing but it's not actually the critical thing uh, the critical issue is the revenue and uh, you know we've been encouraged by uh, the development of the both the domestic and the international rates over the last uh, 12 months or so, and you know we are um, we are pleased with, with with how that's going.
0: Willie, going forward, uh, how significant will be cargo volume coming from the e-retail part of the e-commerce, uh, both domestic and cross-border?
1: Um, well, I mean it, it's what everyone talks about, and uh, clearly, uh, you know, we are doing business with all these guys, and you know, we are getting um, good uh, good support. Uh, Mainly domestically, but also you know coming in from uh, China, we've done a lot of charters, and I think there's a lot more demand in that market. Um, so clearly, it's an important uh, component. Um, but let's face it. I mean, most of these guys they don't they don't want to ship by air if they can avoid it. and domestically, I think, um, you know with the road networks getting better with their own distribution, uh, warehousing network and so on uh, I don't see it as a you know I, I, I think you've got to keep your feet on the ground I, I don't see it as a panacea for for air cargo I think it will be significant and it's important together with for instance the express uh, courier markets and so on um, they're all you know important markets and that's that's the beauty in a way of of air cargo in is that it is quite a diversified, um, business, you know, I mean, we found ourselves carrying a lots of auto parts, for instance, within India. You know, when the auto manufacturers run short, um, they have you know problems with inventory. Then they'll they'll use air uh, cargo. Um, pharma obviously, another huge part of the market, um, and then you've got the whole perishable market, um, both vegetables and seafood. Uh, and even live goats and stuff. You know, you, there, there's a huge variety of uh, air cargo and uh, commodities available um, for for a, a freighter operation in particular, but also a, a general cargo op- operator. So um, I think, as I say, let's keep our feet on the ground and and, and let's you know harvest the, the business which is there across all these. All, all, all these commodities and, and you know all these opportunities.
0: Willie, as the as the freighters join your fleet uh, next year, will you have very specific products created? Uh, products which actually bring in uh, uh, high yield, whether it is temperature control, pharma, perishable goods, uh, automotive components, uh, and e-commerce.
1: I mean the vaccine distribution. I mean just to to mention that quickly. The uh, Vaccine distribution recently uh, has been, for us, a tremendous success. Um, now that's not needed, uh, sort of, it's been passive uh, farmer, if you, if you like, in terms of cooling and, you know, the vaccines have been generally shipped in sort of 32 kilo boxes um, with cooling gels, I think, is the technology. Um, so we've made sure that, you know, the transit times are as fast as possible, And indeed, we carry no more important cargo than that vaccine uh, distribution that we've done and continue to do. And we carry about, uh, as Indigo, we've carried around um, 70% of the vaccines flown in India. Uh, And we're very proud of, you know, the the way that we've contributed to that, because most of the distribution comes out of Pune, some out of Mumbai, and then Hyderabad. And we have, you know, strong... Uh, schedules into all of those places. And that's why we've been able to get such a high share of that uh, vaccine distribution, um, 70%, as I say. So, you know, that's that's sort of a foot in the water, if you like, of of pharma, of very high volume pharma distribution. But I'm only too well aware that, you know, there's another uh, huge market for active uh, pharma or active cooling. And, you know, we will uh, gear up for that. Uh, as and when we see a market uh, opportunity.
0: You know, the future of freight is digital. And how have you been driving technology adoption in the cargo business for uh, Indigo? Because everyone wants the visibility of the shipment from the origin to destination.
1: Well, we, uh, in January uh, January 19, um, we moved our systems to smart cargo. Uh, who you might be familiar with. And you know we've been very happy to use that platform uh, to improve our, our um, market uh, stance and the way that we deal with customers. And I think it's been very successful. I and mean, we, we added about six months ago, a, a shipper app, uh, which has had very large take up. I mean, about half of our cargo is now actually booked on the app, um, which is fantastic. And we've just added uh, payment gateway to that and we're doing a number of other things you know to try to make sure that uh, people can deal with us easily and uh, you know that we are as a result whether they're sort of board of first choice when they have cargo to ship whether they be regular you know freight forwarders or whether they be sort of one off shipments we want to provide um, you know a very wide distribution channel and clearly, uh, track and trace is an important uh, part of that. We're not 100% there as yet. Um, it's quite, uh, it can be quite challenging in India. Uh, it slows down the process sometimes when you've got uh, shipments with, with a huge number of individual uh, packages and so on. So, you know, when I, I don't claim, and again, I, I'm a very realistic person. I don't claim uh, we're there yet, but it's certainly uh, an aspiration that we have is to be um, completely you know, automated wherever we, we we can if for nothing else that just to handle the volumes that we're facing in our various um, warehouses and and with our partners um, to handle the volumes you know we we've got to automate as, as much as we can it, I mean it's very encouraging but at the same time very concerning to sort of go down to for instance our Mumbai terminal I was there uh, a couple of months ago and you know, just to see the volume of, of freight coming through and, and, you know, the whole terminal sort of crowded and people, you know, desperately trying to get their, their freight accepted on the next flight. And, you know, it's, it's, a, it's exciting, but it's, you know, also concerning and I would prefer, you know, everyone to, to kind of get to a situation where, you know, we're planning in advance, capacity in advance. We, we uh, are, are operating the whole system under sort of minimum stress where where we can
0: how important do you think are the emergence of uh, digital marketplaces that connect supply and demand uh, of air freight uh, with easy to use cloud-based api integrated platforms allowing easy listing of uh, listing and discovery of capacity
1: i think internationally i mean if you look at markets like say hong kong um the the uh, market from Hong Kong, you know, these tools are very much accepted and used. I think in India, we still have a little way to go, but we are certainly looking at uh, some of these platforms as as being, you know, a way, again, to broaden the distribution. I always say to my team that, you know, frequently, you don't really need to find new business. All you need to do is just service the business which is there properly and, you know, reliably and consistently and people will come to you, you know. So it's, it's not a question of, of desperately scratching around trying to find air freight. You know, the air freight is there. And if we as Indigo have a reputation for being the easiest people to deal with and for having the fastest airport to airport, you know, transit times and fastest through the warehouses, et cetera, then, you know, we won't have a problem filling our, our bellies and filling our freighters. And so the whole effort is to try to take a lot of the friction, uh, which inevitably exists in any cargo market, but especially, I think, here in India, take a lot of the friction out, you know, and and try, um, you know, to service the demand that there is uh, to to a very uh, high level. I mean, a simple, you know, I'll give you a very simple example, you know, our our terminal at Delhi, um, in the mornings, it's very congested and crowded. Uh, because of the demand. Um, and that's great. And as I say, it's wonderful to see. But you know there are some of those uh, trucks waiting um, you know to to come into our terminal who will actually divert and they'll go into a competitor's uh, terminal just because they can't afford to to hang around any longer. And that's business that was coming to us, but then at the last minute go somewhere else. And you know that's the kind of you know, friction that we we have to get out of the system. And, uh, you know, we try and work with our partners, not just smart cargo, but work with uh, you know, the terminal operators and so on to, to make sure that you know, we are able to service uh, the cargo, which is there, which is available for us to take.
0: Willie, my last question is, uh, I just would like you to reflect on uh, the role of uh, freighters or the main tech capacity in the overall global air freight industry. Will they continue to play a critical role even even after the full belly capacity comes into play with the return of full, wide-body, long-haul passenger services?
1: Hard to predict, but I think actually pre-pandemic, you know, you did see the big players. Um, you know, there had been a sort of consolidation, if you like, in the pure air freight, pure freighter uh, segments. And, uh, you know, we all know the the big players were, were doing okay. And I think you'll you'll see that come back. Um, and we by no means, you know, are a big player. I mean, you know, our focus will be on narrow bodies with domestically and within the region, uh, outside the sort of huge uh, lanes between you know China and and uh, Trans-Pacific to to North America or China Europe for instance um, outside those those big big markets and I think you'll see as I say it may it'll may it'll probably return to what it was where you know the big players with the big freighter capacity uh, will be fine but we think you know, there's an opportunity below that um in narrow body capacity to provide some feed for those guys but also that there are you know individual markets uh which need narrow body capacity particularly within our region i've talked about china uh, talked about india uh, vietnam uh the gulf you know there are specific lanes where i think there is demand for again not just express shipments or not just the e-freight or you know. Everything, there's, the, there's a wide range of stuff and it's it's just a matter of finding um, where that is. And as I say, the, our cargo and cabin experience uh, has helped the team very much in that. And you know, I'm very confident looking forward that we as Indigo will find a, a very uh, profitable niche um, for our four freighters initially.
0: Willie, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Thanks for your time.
1: I'm absolutely. Enjoyed it, Reggie. And uh, thanks. Thanks, Reggie.
0: That was Willie Balter, Chief Commercial Officer at Indigo. That's it from us at Stat Media Group. We bring cargo masterminds every Monday. Thanks for tuning in and come back on next Monday for a fresh episode. Have a nice day.